Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest is South Dakota Department of Agriculture and Natural Resources Secretary Hunter Roberts. We'll hear from him after this. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, chat at 605-870-0697, or wade at 605-730-1801. In late September 2023, a delegation of business leaders and state government officials from South Dakota took a trade mission trip to Mexico. Roberts says Mexico is South Dakota's second largest trade partner, having an export value of approximately $600 million in 2022. And then also we have the U.S. MCA trade agreement with Mexico and Canada. So there's already that framework in place. Obviously, they're you know a land neighbor of ours. Transportation infrastructure makes sense. So it just seemed like a good kickoff point to, to grow there. They're growing population. Their economy does quite well. It's an it's a increasing economy as well. So under all those, we thought, why not go to Mexico? We already have a lot of businesses that have that trade savvy, is already doing business down there. And we have other businesses that are looking to expand into that. So why not go there? Why this, this year? Um, the big news is that South Dakota Trades, a, a new organization supported by State government, then also our commodity groups, our different community economic development groups, and some other corporate partners. So it's, we had this group really helping drive kind of the discussion, set things up, and it really created a good opportunity. It's been almost 10 years since the states led a trade mission. So it was a good opportunity for Lieutenant Governor Larry Roden and myself to get down there with six of our companies in South Dakota Trade and, and just start talking. Were there any particular crops or areas of South Dakota agriculture that were a specific focus? Or do we send, you know, a little bit of all of our ag things when it comes to exporting to Mexico? We do send, a, I think, a little bit of everything to Mexico. I will say that our biggest trade is pork, beef, soybeans, and then distiller's grain, our, our big four, four trade. And then a little bit less, but definitely growing a lot is the dairy process, dairy processed uh, side of things. So whey and cheese is, is really growing. Um, definitely a good opportunity for us as well that uh, we see a lot of potential in. So, I mean, those are kind of our big, big South Dakota products too. So it uh, made a lot of sense for us to go down there. The, um, you know, they're pretty diverse in their, their climate, but uh, not as um, successful growing kind of the crops we grow in the Midwest and in South Dakota. So it makes sense. Uh, we're not near as good at growing fruits and vegetables as they are. So having that partnership to, to what we're able to produce the best and what they're able to produce the best and, and have that free trade works really well. Do we ship any of our agriculture products directly from South Dakota to Mexico? Do we have the volume to make that work? Or do our products tend to get transported and meet up at a port with products from other states to make it logistically and fiscally feasible to get them over there? I think we have a little bit of both. There's definitely train loads that go down there. On the on the cheese and, and whey side of things, actually, it's just trucks go. You know, they'll go straight down to where they want to deliver, uh, you know, long tote. But 
that's the most economical for them. Interesting change in Mexico trade is with the migrant issues going on down there, they've had train delays, plus uh, some of, you know, in the, the northern part of Mexico, they've had trains held up. So there's some additional security costs. So it's pushed some stuff to the Pacific Northwest export terminals and then down to their West Coast, which is kind of a newer thing for them, or definitely a newer thing for South Dakota products, South Dakota soybeans to get down there in. So it's been distiller's grain to get down there. And so that's been a, an interesting change that I think is an advantage for us because as far as a Midwest state, we're about as close as you can get to the Pacific Northwest terminals. You touched on the situation at the border there. I was wondering how that does or doesn't impact our ability to get our products down to Mexico. And also, do we import much of the products from Mexico directly back up here to South Dakota? You know, I don't I don't think we import, you know, a lot of what we import from Mexico is in South Dakota is a lot of the specialty type stuff like fruits and vegetables. It comes through kind of a different supply chain, uh, you know, definitely quicker than than what rail can provide. So I, we haven't had, I don't think, those negative impacts, at least that I'm aware of. One opportunity that I didn't discuss yet in Mexico that I see, and it's probably a, a longer play, is ethanol. They still use MTB in their fuels, which has been banned in the U.S. for 20 plus years because of the issues it causes with the water. And they don't use ethanol in their fuels or or regularly use ethanol in their fuels. It seems like a great opportunity to get them some some lower cost fuel or competitively cost fuel. Definitely a lower cost oxygen in it. That's better for the environment. Better for better for our South Dakota producers certainly, where we have a pretty robust ethanol industry in South Dakota. And then it creates opportunities for them to develop their own sugarcane ethanol industry as well. So I think they're they're way behind the ball there. But we're hopeful that through this next election cycle that they'll catch on like most other developed countries have. So their ethanol comes is primarily from sugarcane. So it's definitely not in competition, I would say, with ethanol made from corn like we traditionally have here in the U.S. Yeah. And the vast majority of their corn they produce is white corn that they use in their tortillas. They do have a little yellow corn for feed grade, but definitely not a big player in that. It's mainly white corn that they use in their food sources. They actually import quite a bit of white corn from the U.S. too for tortillas, their food side of things. And we don't really have a white corn industry in South Dakota. But their play would definitely be they have excess sugar cane available. So they definitely have a good play where they could supplement or start an industry there with sugar cane, ethanol. And then, you know, I guess my thoughts are supplement with with U.S. corn-based ethanol to help fill their gas tanks to that 10 to 15 to 20 percent level like we would like to see. Do they have blender pumps down there and do similar to what we can do here in the U.S. with the various 10 percent being pretty common, but the blenders where you can get the 15, the 20, the 30, do they have that down there? They largely don't even do 10 percent ethanol down there. They're using this MTBE to as their oxygenate for their gasoline, so they don't use ethanol. I guess talking to the U.S. Grains Council and some of their industry groups, it sounds like some ethanol gets in the gasoline as a kind of black market style because it's just a cheaper cheaper addition to make their fuel go longer. But generally, it's not used in their, their fuel. It's mind-boggling to me when you look at all these other countries that have been able to tag on to that, get what's largely been a cheaper product, definitely on the oxygen side, a much cheaper product, and then also improve the environment. So what were some of the most frequently asked questions from the folks in Mexico, whether they be your counterparts in state government or some of their agriculture advocacy groups and the like? What are they wanting to know? What are they curious about? What do they need to know about 
South Dakota. Transportation certainly something we talked about. What's available? You know, how do we connect them with our South Dakota businesses that weren't down there on the trip? So we've been able to have some follow up with that in conjunction with South Dakota Trade. That was a you know certainly they get that the middleman is pretty expensive when you look at the the animal feed side of things. They're always looking for a way to to tighten that 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 side of things up a little bit. So that was. Very interesting. We're hoping to get a couple of them to come up here in the next year and visit us, meet with our, our businesses. One thing that I we we kind of were planning on avoiding, but what came up in every meeting, and definitely there was a lot of meeting of the minds on that, is how important biotechnology is for a growing world, a growing population, and, and feeding the world and for both of our economies. They don't use GMO there. I know that uh, I'm sure, Jody, you're aware of that there's currently a trade uh, squabble going between the U.S. and Mexico. They banned GMO white corn, and they kind of have plans to ban all GMOs going forward that end up in the food supply, even if it's to feed animals. So that's a big deal for us. It would be a little more understandable if there was science to back it, but they have, I guess there's been zero studies that show that GMO is a risk for human food consumption. So um, we don't know if it's protectionist. Talking to their industry groups, they really think that uh, it's just an idealistic thing that a termed out president is pushing, not listening to the science of things, and they're frustrated. So we're very like-minded in that. We didn't bring up that discussion point, but they always brought it up with us that they're disappointed by it. They think it just hurts their economy, raises food costs, and they are very supportive and want to move past that and continue our our growing relationship with the Mexican economy. So what kind of technology do they use for their crops or is is that just not happening very much down there yet? They do traditional breeding, you know, like a lot of wheat has been done for hundreds of years, thousands of years, and their corn. I guess the, the idealistic side of things, it seems like there's very few that plant their uh, very traditional maize and that for white corn, uh, for tortillas that want to protect that, that maize. It's just very short-sighted when you look at production side of things and how do we, how do we feed more people with the same, same amount of land. Yes, uh, it seems like their trade organization's policies are very aligned with ours is that we need to look for ways to produce more on the same land instead of look for other land and, and less successful non-biotech crops. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. So other than the biotech corn especially, are there any other specific agriculture products we're growing or making or manufacturing here in South Dakota that they're maybe not getting or not getting as much of that they were asking about? Well, we did meet with a couple of their oil seeds crushers industry. You know, the U.S. has re- is in the process of really increasing our crush capacity we have a pretty exciting plant that's under construction down just, just on the edge of Mitchell. So that's kind of a microcosm of what's happening in the Midwest. And they're very concerned because they have a mature crush industry down there. So it's harder for them to get soybeans in the hole. 
So it's kind of squeezing out that crush industry for them, or they're they're concerned that it's going to as all these additional crush plants come online. Was there a difference in what maybe the government folks were wondering about versus what some of the ag organizations were asking about? Or are they kind of in unison for the most part as far as South Dakota ag exports for us, imports for them, and the quality of product they're getting? Oh, you know, we met with the Secretary of Agriculture for Mexico as well. And we were all in agreement that how important USMCA is, how important our countries are for together and free flowing trade and how that it needs to be a partnership, mutually beneficial partnership. And generally, everyone we met with was really stressed that and really believed that, which is very encouraging for Lieutenant Governor and myself to, to have that type of feedback because it's firmly what we believe. Where do we go from here? How do we continue to foster these relationships and help them grow to keep South Dakota's major number one industry alive and, and thriving? So number one is to continue to facilitate those already established relationships. So there's dialogue back and forth, kind of we're providing what information they requested, connecting with companies that are interested or, or could be a good fit for for the Mexican imports that they're looking for. And then long-term, certainly, you know, in the next year, we'd love to host a group from Mexico and show them kind of what what South Dakota agriculture is all about. And then I could see in the next couple of years, we do a follow-up trip, maybe look at some different parts of of South Dakota ag trade and, you know, other trade to to Mexico to kind of expand upon that relationship and uh, keep to grow that already great existing relationship. The trade mission trip was organized by the South Dakota Trade Organization. With Agriculture In-Depth brought to you by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier and by Kimball Livestock Exchange, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.